So before we start talking about the movie, we got to talk about our experience uh, going to see this movie. So here we go. We, we It's Mission Impossible, right? We're excited. We're pumped to see this film. We're like, okay, we got to see this on Screen X. We got to see this on Screen X. So we get into Screen X and we're sitting there and the movie starts and it's going. And then all of a sudden, the side screens freeze and it's not Screen X anymore. It's, you know, a little, a little normal screen. And and that's the way the whole movie played was with frozen images on the side. I still had, I still had fun. It still a great deter, movie. Yeah, it's, it didn't deter me from enjoying the experience, but it was kind of a bummer. But the cool thing, hats off to Regal. You know, we don't normally do plugs on this show, but hats off to Regal. Not only did they refund all of our tickets, but then they gave us free tickets to come back and see another movie again. Yeah, and you're like, going to use that. You're going to use that for Barbie. I know it. Uh, Barbie. Um, pa- I saw Paw Patrol is coming out with a feature film. Um, nice. I saw that. Uh, yeah, I, that's a whole younger audience that we really haven't even gotten into yet. You know, that really probably is our key demo. Uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, Frill just saying he thought 18 to 24. I really think probably 5 to 13 is our key demo. <laughs> well, in our maturity level, yes. Or oh, I thought you were going to say IQ. I'm going to make him an awful camera feel. I see. Hasta la vista, baby. You can't handle the truth! I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Mission Impossible, what are we on? Seven? Eight? Which one? Um, Three, what are we on? Seven. Seven. Mission Impossible Seven. Here we go. Yes, yeah, part one. Part one. That's right. So seven A. Is, I guess technically right. Okay. Is that like a verse? How do they how do they do that in verses? By the way, Doctor Beals, how do you determine A versus B in a verse? Well, I look at the page, and it, it has an A. Then it's the A, and if it's a B, it has. It's not. Okay. It's not in the Greek. No, it is not. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. All right. All right. Yeah, okay. Mission Impossible Seven A. There is so much going on in this movie. I mean, there is a lot of lot of metaphors, uh, a lot of symbolism. Uh, in this film that I can't wait for us to kind of digest. Uh, okay, let's talk about the big um, MacGuffin in this film is AI. Is AI. Let's talk about AI and how AI is represented. Okay, what what are some of the stuff you guys notice uh, that we should be thinking about? Because this is a hot-button topic, AI, right now. Uh, so it's definitely timely. Yeah, it definitely was one of the most philosophical um, of the Mission Impossible, there was there was a lot uh, being communicated in this one that you almost I feel like I got to go watch it again just to pick up all of the the specific threads. But yeah, AI, um, it's it's the age old man creates something that um, goes beyond him. Uh, so the the creature or the created, I should say, goes beyond the creator. Um, so man makes AI, and AI um, develops self-awareness, develops the ability to strategize and um, and make trouble, right? And yeah. so you do, it's kind of, I, I would say this way, is that, um, you know, humanity has consistently been guilty of worshiping things that they create right and and this is just another one of those 
man creates something that outdoes him and uh, uh, an aspect of idolatry, if you will, in, in a lot of different ways. But it is controversial, and there's probably much more that we could talk about. Um, okay. Than one, one of the things... I, I think that's great, Jason, um, because like getting into the because uh, definitely in this film, AI is worshipped, uh, and it, it is it is seen as matter of fact. There's even a line in it where um, they 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 treat it as a as a deity um, through throughout the film. So you've got this main villain, Gabriel. Again, like talking about that that is not a coincidental name for that character right? w- yeah. with the way that. Because he's coming in and he is like kind of leading the charge and sharing um, who this this AI that's coming, right? He's proclaiming what's what's coming, um, and 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 you have this AI that is is this all knowing. Uh, but there's certain lines where they talk about how again, just again, we this seems to be a running thread for us with all these movies. But again, man wanting control, right? But it, yeah. it talks about the AI learning. So the AI is learning. And no, and learning about you individually, and and so, were you going to say something? Yeah, something I thought was interesting. You know, a lot of times you see what you just talked about power. You, if you have AI, there's power that comes with it, and that was obviously a major theme throughout. But one of the things I found interesting is early on, they talked about AI and morality. You know, whoever owns the entity um, can clearly define right and wrong. Yes, and I yeah. was, like, wait a minute, I've never heard that. Kittredge. So, yeah, yeah. So Kittredge, uh, the guy who's kind of the yeah, head Kittredge. of IMF, he totally says that in the beginning, Matt. That's a great catch. Yeah, he talks about how um, whoever has the power, you know, can basically, truth can be then created by those individuals. Yeah. 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 And, and, and they did. Thing. And they did have um, just you know, this emphasis on um, there's really no truth. You can create truth and there's, uh, and then you can, you know, then bring in falsehood and, and those uh, kinds of ideas. And I think you you just get a lot of um, making this AI godlike. It's omniscient. It's omnipotent. You know, artificial omnipotence, artificial omniscience, um, artificial ability to be self-existent, self-aware, and take control and take over um, and create things and and then uh and erase things right and so you have this you have that and then there's also like if you pay close attention the main villain is seen as this entity's messiah right and uh kind of like this um the the human acting out of the of the will of the thing that's unseen and if you pay attention to some of the symbolism in the movie um the ai is always seen as this this eye right an all-seeing eye that has that again divine ability to to see and to know and to be all-powerful so the, you have a lot of that going on yeah you get some of the other symbolisms like i think uh the key for example the key is a cross it's it's and they, they focus on it heavily and, and and in terms of symbolism in regards to that uh, and then you also have the idea of sacrifice. Like you have to sacrifice for something. You know, uh, Gabriel talks about that, that, that choosing of, you know, two characters in a certain scene, we won't, we won't give away, uh, playing into that. Um, yeah. yeah choice, just... choice was a key theme throughout, yes. right? 
you know, yeah. and we always know that, right? Um, you know, should you choose to accept the mission? But that was really played up even more of choice. Yeah. Uh, they all made a choice, which then gave them no choice, right? They were they were no longer able to to get away and to um, not be a part of the IMF or um, those those aspects. Yeah. Another thing too that I that I noticed that kept sticking out too is the regards to luck. So there's this bomb thing that happens and it says, good luck. That's the AI telling Simon Pegg's here. And then Kittry says it to him later on, good luck. And then Paris, when um, she starts to get, she actually says, good luck. It's a running theme that they do multiple times. And it, it, to me, it was, it was very, it was purposeful, that yeah. phraseology. Yeah, because it's, it's always chance, right? Choice right. and chance. Um, right. Because again, if... Like in the other movies, and I probably sound like I'm repeating myself in all of these, but if you take God out of the equation, the the creator and sustainer of the universe, you remove him, then you can insert whatever is the next God-like creature being whatever. In this case, it's artificial intelligence that takes on artificial divinity. Um, and... And so then you remove morality, you remove those things. And I think that's the bigger issue from a philosophical and theological standpoint is what actually is intelligence? If you can remove concepts like morality, uh, empathy, um, relationships, emotion, humor, if you remove that out of the equation, then all the other things like, you know, computing and, and, uh, and, and the programming and stuff like that becomes what's the artificial intelligence, but this, this entity has no humor. It has no morality. It has no emotion, but it is in control of everything. Talking about our themes. I think we've, we've covered, okay, what's the theme, some of the themes and stuff. Around this. And, and to your point, Jay, in regards to this whole idea of why we keep seeing this theme over and over again in these movies is that we know that's because everybody's searching. They, they, there, there is a God. We know that, right? But the world is doesn't want to recognize that, so they're going to look for it in every other way. So much so that they create their own. Yeah, and we see this all throughout Scripture, right? And that's what Hollywood's doing. And they're they just, want, okay. they want to be able to control the godlike being. Right. So ultimately, they want to be the God. Okay, let's talk about Ethan Hunt, uh, Tom Cruise's character who is, uh, again, the hero of all of these films, obviously with the team, but he's really the main protagonist in these films. Let's talk about how he's portrayed. How is good portrayed in this film as he's a hero? He's portrayed as a savior, to be honest with you. Um, at, toward, at one point in the film, you see where it's um, how, how he talks, how he accepts you for no matter who you have been. And I just got this savior-like presentation of ethan hunt's character in this one more than i've seen in any other film obviously he's always the hero but i've picked up on this savior theme yeah he's always yeah. sacrificial yeah if you look at every single one of the and the fact that he says um you know she's she's talking about um uh, Haley atwell's character grace is talking to him and he says your life will always matter more to me than my own yeah like he he is a sac so which is good and noble right we, we we like that that and even in moments when he has the opportunity to kill some people he chooses not to yeah yep. he chooses not to he chooses life 
over that. And yeah. uh, again, there's a there's a genuineness and an honorability to his character. And the irony in that is the movie's projecting that there's no real morality, right? I mean, they're saying right. that. And yet right. what we see him act in ways that we would consider moral or good or that which is right. The self-sacrificing, the mercy, the um, seeking to to be the the hero and to to help and to save. I think one of the things you also see in this movie is um, the the movement or growth of one of the characters from this greedy um, sh she'll do whatever she can do thief steal um, she consistently puts Ethan's life in danger right um, by her choices. And then at, at the one critical moment, she she comes to a self-discovery of if I continue to do this or if I do this one thing, I'm going to sell my soul. Like a, I, I might be getting the money, but I'm going to I'm going to be doing something far worse. And so you do, you do see some of that. And I think part of that is her connection or relationship with Ethan starting to see those good qualities, those um, characteristics that we would see as virtues uh and and that impacting a life that was just basically lived for herself and you and not just with her you see it with another character too where um is a villain and because of something that ethan does that villain changes yep. and then wants to help so people recognize and i think too when we're talking about the fact that uh this idea that there's more no morality that's really coming from all the people with the power. And Ethan is kind of that one beacon of virtue saying, no, this isn't right. And the rest of the, and I would say the rest of the IMF team too, as well, are both agreeing and many sacrifice. So there are some sacrifices made in this film. We don't want to give that away, but that group is kind of held as they are the ones who have the moral sense, um, sensibilities to them, uh, which counters the rest, even the ones who are in government. And we think, oh, okay, these people, should be doing what's right. We know the power corrupts. And yep. so, you know, that's ultimately what, what they want. If you'll humor me for one moment, one of the things that we, I think, we will, Jason, we will. One of the, yeah. You know, like I, I say a lot, I talk a lot, but one of the things that just really struck me was the degree of technology that they are pointing to that really we have the, that capability, right. That, facial recognition, all the kind of stuff that they have and the power and control that that exhibits and that when put in the hands of someone or or entities that are um, malevolent and, and evil and like they're going to use that for control. And I think what you really see if you if you go in and and if you read Revelation with a literal hermeneutic you start to see some of those blocks along the way of just how technology and how something's coming that's going to to um, to be all encompassing and 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 uh, oppressive and and being used to implement uh, their their control. And this is okay. I just feel like it's giving us glimpses of those things. Okay, so to that point, a discussion that my family and I had on the ride home about that. So Gabriel, who's kind of the mouthpiece for uh, the the AI, which they call the entity, okay, which is again very symbolic. Uh, 
is he always speaks as in the first person in regards to the entity. We we're, we're doing this. Uh, it's it's I know this. It's foretold. It's all this kind of your your destiny is is already planned out, mapped out, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. What is the gain for Gabriel? Because that's not really clear in the movie. Exactly. Yeah, you wonder. It's, so then I start to wonder because again, this is part part one of part two. Is he somehow part of the AI? Is there a chip? Is there something mm. like yeah. in him? Some transhumanism well, type. Yes. Yes. There's at one point where he says, "You hold on. You have no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends." So he talks about the power that he represents, and then it knows your story and how it ends. It was kind of like a talking about himself, and he knows what the entity is going to do. So it, there is an interesting. Yeah, what, I'm just going to go out. Moment? I'm just going to go out and put my foot in the sand. I think somehow he's connected to the AI. We'll yeah. see part two next year. You know, we'll come back. We'll revisit this. You guys can give me a pat on the back. Say, Matt, you did good. Good job, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think he no, is. No, no, let's not jump again yet. I think he yes. is connected in some way. And you wonder, okay. too. You, I came away thinking, um, is he looking for a way of an escape from this thing? Mm. I, just, I just wondered that. Like, is he trying to? Is he trying to gain control of it too? Mm, I just yeah. that was what I, what I came away with. But See, this is what this is why even a big summer blockbuster movie you can just go and just not even give it a second thought and just go and be entertained, right? At the same time, you can stop to and, and really start to think. Even a big movie like this, there's a lot of subtext going on in terms oh, yeah. of, like you said, Jason, with the philosophy and all that kind of stuff. What's being the messages that are being trained. And we've got to think about those things. We yeah, got, I agree. We got, to, we got to be engaged. We, we can be, be amused, but we can also use our brain. And that's right. Think critically and think biblically. Right. Uh, yeah. oh, before, I, before I close off, Reels, is there anything else you want to add? Last time I cut you off and we got another 30 minutes uh, of yeah. the podcast. That's true. So well, I, I mean, just you don't sure. like to give teasers of what's coming next. <laughs> we Although don't know what's coming next. Away with Barbie. Uh, I, I don't even know what's coming next. Yeah, I don't we, even know. We what don't know. Next. We don't know what's coming next. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, I, we're I gonna... gotta say, I was disappointed in the invite you sent us in, into the meeting so we could do this. It did not self-destruct. That's true. And I didn't give you, a, yeah, an acceptance. I didn't say, yeah. hey, you could accept this. That would have yeah. been really. Had I been on on my game, you're right, Matt. That would have yeah. been. That would have been the weird. I'm, I'm actually very disappointed in you. Well, so, I, well just, I, I, I can work on trying to be better. Thank you for listening to Real Profs, a production of the Center for Thinking Biblically. To support this ministry, please visit thinkbiblically.org donate. To learn more about the Masters University on-campus and online undergraduate and graduate programs, visit masters.edu.